Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I'm Matt. And I'm Carrie. Welcome guys back to the Game Junkies podcast. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to Game Junkies. This is a very special episode. This one is just myself and Kerry. Um, we are doing a special episode because as you're listening to this, hopefully it's gone out on time, Diesel. Um, I'm saying Diesel because Chad's not there to do it. Um, we've got a special episode because today I'm walking down the aisle. Um, so... I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about um, some of our favourite relationships in gaming. Now, Alex is busy, unfortunately, so but I've got the amazing Kerry with me, and um, between the two of us, we're going to talk about some of the best relationships in gaming. So, Kez, first of all, how are you? I'm good. If you're listening to this, I'm at Matt's wedding, probably crying like a little bitch, to be honest. I'm very emotional at the best of times. And as soon as I was told there was an episode about romance and gaming, I was like, I heard it, I'm here, what do I have to do? <laughs> because it's actually one of my favourite genres. If you've listened to me for more than five minutes on here, or on D&J, then you would probably know that. Or if you've looked at my Twitter recently, then you'll know. To my knowledge, it's best and worst. Because I've written down both. Well, we've got, well we, can, we, we can certainly look at both sides of this, for sure. Um... I mean, we'll, we'll try and keep upbeat where possible, but obviously there is some people who are just dickheads when it comes to relationships, for sure. So, should we get the bad ones out of the way then? Talk about the good ones after? Hell yeah. Okay, what's your first bad one, Kez? How many bad ones you got? Okay. I'll pick three for each. Okay, cool. Because that seems to be our standard mode of operation. It does seem to be our MO, yes. Okay. The third one isn't necessarily a bad romance. It's possibly, it's partially because I don't really like one of the characters. Oh my god, okay, go for it. First one I'm going to have to whisper about just in case Alex comes through the door and drop kicks me because I know he's quite protective over this game series. Go on. So, the last couple I'm going to be talking about and it's is partially because I don't particularly like one of the people in it and I have my reasons why is Rachel Amber and Chloe from Life is Strange Before the Storm. Ooh. <laughs> I realise that might be a bit of a spicy take. It's a spicy take, as far as I could be concerned, but I can see your point of view. Um, I will give my thoughts on it. I also will add that there is, obviously, uh, bef- uh, I will say that Before the Storm um, is a decent prequel it's a decent prequel well written uh, but there is parts of this as well as close as um as um Kerry's about to mention yeah okay there is a few good points in this for me one of them being it's the first like I guess sapphic relationship I've ever really come across in a game and honestly, it surprised me. Before the Storm was the first Life is Strange game I actually played. And mostly, I was playing it and I was like, 
It's decent. I love the soundtrack. Half of those songs are on my phone because it's just my type of music. There's a lot of daughter and there's some more flowers. The soundtrack is phenomenal in the entire series. And there are points that probably made me cry because the music was just chef's kiss. That's not really the part I'm talking about here. No, because we 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 we're talking about relationships, of course. So, uh... and I real and I realized what I've got written down is basically largely me going into an I hate Rachel ramble. I'm sorry, I don't like her. I think she's shitty girlfriend material for a start. She's, I mean, I mean, I say spoiler, but we have we have talked about. Uh, these on the, on the show. It's... I get big user vibes from her. Yeah, we've had a lot. We've, we have talked about them at, at length on this on this show before. So I will say there's, there is no spoiler warning here. We're gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna delve deep here. She does not deserve to be killed the way she's killed. I will say that. Oh no, that that bit was awful. But I knew it happened because I watched Alex play the first Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. It was one day when um, our family was on holiday. He always used to bring his consoles downstairs. And I'd read or draw, and he'd play like games on the big telly. Yeah. Because normally we weren't allowed consoles on the big telly because our uh, not very technologically literate family thought it would mess up the telly by plugging in consoles. My 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 nana used to be the same way, bless her. Yeah, my our dad believed it would mess up the telly, so we used to wait until they went away and then bring it all downstairs. Did you the US, US I just remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The first Life of Strange was great. I didn't really understand bits of it, but because I watched it, I understood the ending to Before the Storm, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> when that bit came up. Yeah, it didn't mean, I, my personal opinion is it didn't need that. Um, I thought it, it, was, it was a game which could stand alone on its own. People knew it was a, sequel, yeah. a prequel sort of thing. You didn't have to, yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> it was beyond creepy. The whole Mister Jefferson turning up, no. Yeah, I can't hear um burn it down though without imagining the scene from the game though, where Chloe's basically dragging Rachel into hospital after she was, I believe she was stabbed. Yeah, I can't remember quite like, that yeah, far. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Again, I seem to be figuring off topic here. It does feel very much like this relationship for a lot of the game is very, very one-sided. Yeah, that's the part that bugs me. I'm trying to think because of the word for it. In recent years, I think there's been a lot more of it. But this was my first experience of like a female-female relationship in a game. Mm. And I wasn't too enchanted by my first experience with it. No. Um, Rachel Amber is certainly portrayed as somebody who abuses their position as someone who has someone who is literally doe-eyed at them and literally will do anything better. Literally, it's under their spell, almost, for lack of a better term. I can speak from a little bit of experience of this in the past. It's not... It's... uh, They're literally... The... God sent them. God sent them to you, as far as you're concerned, and you do anything to please them, sort of thing. And that's the sort of vibe I get from Chloe uh, with this. It probably explains why Chloe is so cold um, in Life is Strange, 
because as far as she's concerned, um, her girlfriend's gone. But was she ever her yeah. girlfriend? I don't know. I always got the vibe that Amber was just messing her around. Wow, wow. I've just noticed that you've that you've dropped her first name. <laughs> I just called her Amber. Wow. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel Amber, I forget. No, I like that. I love the fact that you that you're so against her already. You've said like, yeah, yeah, Amber. Much like Alice called me Willis. She just drops <laughs> dropped the first part. He's you did I mean, not like her. Willis once. <laughs> yeah, that once. was when we were all getting very, very competitive at moving out. Competitive. Yeah. There was one item to go. An incident happened, and Alex was like, "Sing Willis." On the other couch. Yeah, it, it, it. I mean, this is a very strong contender for one of the worst relationships in games. Not because of how badly it was written. Quite the opposite, in fact. It was quite a good way of highlighting what a. Abusive relationship, like a better term, toxic. I really do feel like Rachel was just playing with her. Yeah, absolutely. Because she knew Chloe would do whatever. I've had, I've been, I've had two instances in my life where that's been the case, and I'm very glad to be out of that now. Um, so yeah, um, self, but I'm just realizing things like that have come up in my writing quite often, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. Mm. Um, it's. By contrast, um, Max and Chloe um, in Life is Strange One, which is just, which is the sequel to this, even though it was released before this, um, is actually a lot a lot better to deal with, sort of thing. It actually feels more wholesome. Yeah. It feels more natural, and it feels like it actually seems to be both ways, which is great. Um, yeah. So I I would I'm, I say um. In comparison, this one, yeah, I fully see why this is on your worst list for sure. Because it would. I only a- actually made it in at the last second because I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what, I actually really don't like it. <laughs> I think it's because I haven't exactly been in the same situation as Chloe. But I have known people that because they know you're like them, they will take full advantage of them. <laughs> and I think, obviously I can't speak for a parent's experience because I'm like still so far in my own little closet, I found bloody Christmas presents. I think it's an unfortunate step in most people's journey, as it were. Yeah. Well, this is this is on my bad list as well. To be fair, so I can't really, I can only like reinforce what you're saying here because we're in perfect agreement here. Alex right now would be banishing down the doors and telling us how wrong we are. But to be fair, I think he it's more, he, he's very much a Max and Chloe fan, so I I don't think it's much a problem that yeah. that we are. Um, going after Rachel Amber here. After all, bitch is dead. So. <laughs> wow. Okay, that escalated quickly. But but the fact of the matter is, is that if, no matter what option you choose in Life is Strange, you can't bring Rachel back. You can bring, you can choose to save Chloe, but you can't save Rachel. 
I genuinely like that as um, a game thing though, like no matter what you do, this thing will always happen. Fixed time. Fixed time. You don't, certain certain events can't be changed. And it, like, as a Master of the Who fan, I could point to all these sorts of things, but we want to be finished before my honeymoon, so. <laughs> Uh, but but fixed time for that sort of thing, yeah. And I've uh, still got a pack, yeah. <laughs> so, um, how about I do my next one that I don't like? Um, and for that one, I'm going to go to the Metal Gear series. Um, now, I love Metal Gear. It's, it is a series which is well-loved. Um, but... I uh, I have a problem with Raiden and Rose in Metal Gear Solid 2. Now, obviously a lot of people hate, used to hate on Raiden a lot because he was not Snake, who everyone thought was going to be playing as in the game. And then we decided, I was playing for Snake for 45 minutes. No, you're going to play as Raiden now, this, this effeminate looking man with hair down to here. And it's it, it's it's a look for sure. He's, and he's naked at one point as well. If you put him up against the wall at one point, uh, his hands come away from his junk, and there's a conveniently put oh, right. the, the, the camera then zoom out. There's a conveniently placed um, takeaway cup with a bendy straw, and the straw is covering his junk. Little thing like that. Censorship. But it's humor. Um, he once he once had a uh, in the last game he had for Metal Gear before before Sony basically said no you make too much money go go away Kojima um, he literally created a a, um, a sniper who literally had to be naked because she photosynthesized. I love it. <laughs> yeah, for it. Literally for a reason to have a, a naked sniper. This is my sexy naked plant girlfriend. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. And then you can unlock a skin for her where she's where she's painted gold. Which if you go by a photosynthesis route will mean that you'll kill her immediately. No. But that you know, doesn't kill her, so you know, again, logic. But the reason why I'm 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 shouting about Rose and Raiden here is because on the um, in the the like the, the, the first first act I'd say of Raiden's adventure on the big shell, he has to um, defuse all the bombs. And he run around with a freezing can and freeze loads of bombs before they can explode sort of thing. It's fine, you know, it's, it's fine, but if it's on easy mode, you can do it with with many, many minutes there. It's not even a challenge. Um, and during it, you get, a, you get a, a radio call from Rose, who is Ryden's girlfriend. Um, and... They start reminiscing about when they first met. I can't help but think like, this ain't the fucking time, Rose. The president is on this is on this oil rig somewhere. There are bombs set to blow all over it. And you want to talk about how we met because you couldn't tell if it was between King Kong and Godzilla? 
ever made mad like book Ron and Hermione vibes where it's like big and dramatic let's make out I mean literally someone tells us this is the time I mean people who I mean I mean the problem about it is is that this is an extremely long and boring story there's no excitement in it at all literally my eyes were like oh god when's it gonna end at this point and bearing in mind I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for lore I love hearing backstory about this sort of stuff. I love hearing backstory for how, for why people are in these places. I want to know what's going on here. Yada 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 yada. But it's boring. It's boring. Is this romance um, story even juicy at all? <laughs> um, well, it turns out to, towards the end of a towards the end of a game, but the girlfriend he's talking to is just an AI, and they actually and his girlfriend wasn't on the radio room at any point. She wasn't somewhere else completely different. They actually are a couple, but at no point does the real girlfriend talk to her, him. One could argue that this is an early indication of that. The fact that she is just trying to basically like make him lose focus. Um, the problem is that Ryden actually stops what he's doing to have a conversation with her. After him telling her, that she had that this is not the time and place for it but the fact is that that's one thing but she does it on a regular constant fucking basis I go I need to start and install my podcast from this phone <laughs> and then to cap it all off she uh she leaves him doing milk so full she leaves him to pro- granted it's to protect the child that he fathered so they couldn't so that he wouldn't be drawn out and they could kill him sort of thing it was to protect everybody but they could have fucking told him told him it but they didn't you know what the fuck is this so this is one of those things where a lot of hours could be saved if people just talk to each other yes absolutely absolutely fucking literally and a lot of a lot of our hours a lot of our hours as well God knows how many hours in, in their actual world it's been. God almighty. Yeah. That's a one plot device that instantly pisses me off because it's just it's never it never has good payoff. It's like I've wasted all this time and all you had to do was say three sentences. You could have saved me like six hours of gameplay and probably that guy about four years or something. Absolutely. I mean it's lazy. I mean, and it's a and, lazy plot device. And do you know what? Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or bad thing. When a conversation for the bombs is, is going on during the bomb run, the timer gets paused while they're having a conversation. Oh, is that good or not? Is that good or not? I'd say it's a small bonus. I'd, I'd say, arguably, it makes it less realistic, personally. But it's worth the PS2 era. What's that? But so yeah, so yeah, Rose. So is it gone? Is it like pulling teeth after a while? It's like pulling, it's like pulling incisors after a while. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, Rose and Ryden get in the bin. Nice. <laughs> what's your what's your what's your next one then, kids? Are we still doing bads? We're still doing bad. We'll get we'll get the bads out of the way, and we'll talk about the goods after. The rest of my list is a bit. 
What's the word I'm looking for? Well, the next one's a bit of an interesting one, and my top pick is honestly just kind of. <laughs> but I picked it, but I put my top pick there just because I want to rag on this game for like three minutes. Go, go for it. Okay. The next one, I had to Google a few things. Sure. And slight content warning for abuse, I guess. Domestic abuse. Sure. Which seems a bit unrealistic unless you've played the games. When I say this is from a Harvest Moon game. Ah, you have given me a head about before, so so uh, I shall uh, make it. I shall, what I should do is I should make an impression of a hole and fill me in. Pardon, sorry. I'm gonna do an impression of. A, it's a joke. I said. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna make an, I'm gonna make an impression of a of a hole. So fill me in. Okay. I realize how dirty that sounded as well. So I might just cut that. Nah, I leave it in. Screw it. Nah, we like jokes. Weird, questionable. On top of this. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, if you've listened to me talk about the old Harvest Moon games set around Mineral Town for more than five minutes, you might notice that my favourite character is someone called Cliff, the Drifter. He is the best boy in this game. And if you choose not to marry him, he marries someone called Anne. I'm trying to keep this as short as possible because it is short. There's not really that much content to these old games. And I think there was a bit of speculation behind this because these characters have very, very set little... This is the era of you get little sprite faces in the text box yeah. to show you what they're thinking. They gave Cliff a, sec- a special one where he has a black eye. And he talked in some terms about having a disagreement with the wife. Yeah. I mean, I don't fucking like Anne anyway because Cliff is the best boy. He deserves so much fucking better than her. She's kind of a bitch. Oof. But that one just kind of pulled me up short because I'm like, okay, so there's implied slash proven domestic abuse in a Harvest Moon game, but it's female or male domestic violence. Which I feel like that's something that's not talked about enough in any media. Agreed. Agreed. Abuse is abuse. The man who's doing it. of the small many i mean if you again if you've been on my twitter for more than five minutes you'll know i'm obsessed with a show called how the boss that has an example of female or male domestic violence in it but that's an indie produced webtoon and it's something that you don't see in mainstream media including video games very often obviously i'm not saying you should go out people should be writing deliberate domestic abuse into games but it is something that happens and I feel like, especially when it's female or male violence, it's not talked enough about it. Because you can Google, like, male and female domestic violence, and you will come up with so many more results. And I still think there's a stigma in men trying to find help these days. And this has gone wildly off topic because it's something I have strong opinions about. Absolutely. The thing is, it was never actually confirmed to my knowledge, what happened, but I'm taking it face value here because they don't really make special sprites for anything in these games. 
you generally got your range of facial expressions and then in some of them you've got the one where they're wearing wedding clothes and that's it. No special ones with black eyes. So in short clip does ours better and can get in the fucking bin. And thank you for listening to my small rants on domestic violence. Question mark? It's a issue which needs highlighting for sure. Um and um I will and after the credits I will be um giving some contact places if people hearing this want to get in touch with people about it in their life. So um it's, it's, it's an area which needs looking at for sure, Kez, and I I I applaud you for highlighting it. Because it's a difficult to talk about, to be fair. Um, and a lot of men would feel embarrassed that they're being hit by a woman. Um, fact of the matter is, is that it's it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, some people just like, I won't hit a woman. Well, good, you wouldn't hit a woman. Leave her. If you if you're being abused by somebody, leave them. Sort of thing. There's people that can help you. There's refuges that can help everyone. Sort of thing. You haven't got to be There's alone. A Sorry. No. There was a campaign of billboards a while back that said, um, like, she only hit me once. And the once was crossed out, and then it's like, abuse is abuse. So it just said, she hit me. And I think there's not enough of that around. Obviously, nobody should be suffering from domestic violence. No. No. And there are, and I'm aware I may get some hate for this, there are some women out there who think that because they are women, they can get away with it. You know, people that believe oh, women. Yeah, absolutely. The fact of the is, is that, you know, nowadays, people were judged after all the evidence was gathered, not, be, not, just, be, not just because of one reason or another. So, um, highlighting Cliff's story there, um, I think, for Harvey, I think on Harvey's Moon side of things, uh, uh, props to them for hiding a difficult subject in an unusual place. I'm not sure. The thing that irks me there is I'm not sure if it was put in there for comedy or not. Because these games can be a bit tone deaf given how old they are. Well, the way that we've interpreted it is a good thing. I think is a way to highlight things to, you know, to try and raise awareness. So I'm going to take that as a positive step. Might be worth cutting out this bit of tidbit, but I do believe the highest rate of domestic violence is actually between lesbian couples. Because with women women abusing others, it's not really reported. Mm. If you want me to cut that, I'm going to put a little gap in to cut that from. <laughs> Science. Okay. Right, guys. So, um... I'm going to give my last um, bad one because we shared one. This one is kind of obvious and kind of icky um, in more than one. But take you back to 2006. I was a mere slip of a boy at the age of 22 years old. 
Um, my, it was to celebrate the 15 year anniversary of one of the most beloved video games of all time Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, as everyone calls it. It was for the 360 and PS3, and it was meant to breathe new life into the, into the franchise. But it was what it has since been gone down as one of the biggest disasters in video game history. One one factor in this uh, in the paddling it got by the critics um, was the deeply unsettling relationship between a realistic human princess and a blue hedgehog. I have heard about this. It's, it, 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 is a, it is a tired retread of the standard fairy tale romance tropes with a dash of bestiality for good measure. It is one Yay. of my... It is one of the most ill-advised attempts to spice up the Sonic series since his moody frenemy started packing heat and swearing. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Shadow was fun, but... Yeah. Oh, God. This was not good. This was not good. God, that was basically bestiality in the Sonic game at one point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he fell in love with the princess and vice versa. I mean, that's what you into, yay, I guess. But that He's one part away from me and my dog. <laughs> it, it was one of the most. It was one of the most um, questionable parts of the game. Um, no wonder it got such a poor rating on Metacritic and from the fan base. Um, thankfully, we are we are, we are standing here now. Um, 17 years later um, bloody hell that's scary in itself and we've just had Sonic Sonic Frontiers out and it's a much better game thank goodness is Uh, that the one you and Chris queued up to play in EGX yes and it was thoroughly worth it thoroughly worth it Chris has done some let's plays on his channel do go check them out guys Um, but no this, this one was just rotten just absolutely rotten I mean how could I have got something so wrong? I mean, when did they step back and think, yes, that's what we should do? I mean, if it had been Amy and Sonic, fine. You know, because that's sort of been the whole thing for the last 20 years anyway. But a human princess and a anthropomorphic hedgehog. Yes, I'm fully aware. Go on. They couldn't have taken the time to make her into one of those like anthrosonic creatures. This is the thing. The weird, really bad, the really bad thing is, is that I'm, I'm aware of, I feel like I'm hating on different races here having relations, um, particularly given the, you know, the whole um, the amount of the amount of different races that have interloping intercourse with and things in D and D. Um, heaven help the bards as well, so on that side of things. But um, one could argue that theatre of the mind and not act, not actually portrayed on screen. One could argue. So this, that is the argument. I've been trying to find a loophole in that, and I was like, "Fuck, there is actually no argument for that." 
I mean, I think a lot of the species in D&D are closely humanoid enough that it doesn't matter. I would agree so. Even the dragonborns are relatively humanoid. Yeah. But in, if, if you really want to go into it, basically humans can breed with anything in D&D. Because you've got your half-elves and your half-dragons and your half-orcs. Exactly. Plus, um, Tumblr has a field day with that sort of stuff. And Deviant Art as well, for that matter. Um, but I don't want to think about that too much. I'm going to stop talking about the bad stuff now. Move move back to Kerry for her last one on bad side of things. Oh, now that we've all been sufficiently traumatised by Sonic Bestiality. <laughs> oh, my life. Okay. My last pick. I'm still trying to think of the word I'm looking for. Because it's technically not a game yet. But it has been in development since, like, the pyramids were still young. I'm happy to help. The e- <laughs> The developer is infamous, is the best way I could put it nicely. Have you ever heard of a shit show called Yandere Simulator? I'm judging by the almost face palm on the desk. That's a maybe? Uh, do tell the people at home, Kerry. Oh my lord, Yandere Simulator is, it's, wow, what what word would you even use to describe it? Now, the funny thing is, let's go back a few years, it's like reversing time back noises, where I was actually kind of interested in the concept of a stealth game in a school. Yes, I can already see the room, but there's killing children, that's really not good, Kerry. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just like the idea of like a stealth game set in a school where everyone is an adult because there's this whole thing there's this screen at the opening part of the game where it says despite the ages of the characters listed everyone is over 18 and that's that's the that's the dev's loophole so he can stick cameras up school skirts and take pictures of their undergarments which is a form of currency in the game now You may be asking, what the fuck does that actually have to do with today's topic? It's because the whole point of this game is you play as an edgelord dead inside Linkin Park Forever. Sorry, I like Linkin Park. Girl called Ayano, or Yandere-chan, who is desperate for the attention of her senpai, but she gets so nervous that she can't even bear to be around him. Being around him wants to make her murder things because she feels so much intense emotion. And the game is basically set over 10 weeks of a school where you ruin this poor lad or girl's life because anime lesbian fantasies, I guess. Although Yandere Chan can't be a boy. Which sucks because, you know, a quality for <laughs> And there's like 10 rivals that you have to take out. The first one is his childhood friend. I'm laughing because I'm just the more I think about this, the more comes forth. One of them is a school nurse. All these people, except for one, are romantically interested in him, by the way, and maybe even all ten of them, given the incredibly questionable things I've read of the dev, which I'm not going to say for definite a true because I'm pretty sure that counts as slander, but you know. One of them is a 
pervert teacher, because I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to say the other word on podcast. And one of them is his little sister. I think I've just killed Matt. Ay, 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 ay. See, even Izzy disagrees. Um, yeah, so basically you have to make this living boy's hell. This boy's life a living hell until you can trap him into being with you forever and ever and ever. There's no escaping now, senpai. Love me forever, senpai. I'll lock you in my basement, senpai. I'm pretty sure you do actually lock him in the basement at the end. <laughs> so that he can't escape. And then you can get married and make your next creepy daughter so that the cycle continues, because apparently this is a generational thing. So I'm not really sure if I can use this one because it's technically not a game yet. But it's been in development for, for, yeah, like I said, since the pyramids were still young, since Moses parted the Red Sea. Um, and realistically, I've been wanting a chance to rag on this for ages, and this just seemed like a good one. Because I, I genuinely don't know if it's meant to be portrayed as romantic. There was a point where you could, um, get rid of all the rifles non-lethally. Never say I was planning to get a copy of the game and try and do it non-lethally, but that method's been removed now. There has to be some lethal in it. And for your final dose of cringe before I stop talking, the last girl's name literally translates to Supreme Goddess. Jesus Christ. Anyone out there saying that Matt has an ego, now now backtrack a little bit, yeah? Because not even I have that much of an ego. It's, it is a whole thing. It is... The thing that concerns me, though, is this is a game that basically anyone can download and play, with all the questionable morals included. Because whilst, like most law-abiding people, I'm pretty opposed to murdering school children. <laughs> I'm also pretty opposed to doing illegal things with cameras. <laughs> I mean, that, it's... that is more than fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... This... They technically end up as a couple in the end, you know, with all the implications. Even I've lost steam talking about this now. Well, how about we uh, we ease away from that and then talk, talk about the good stuff? Um, well, let's 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 start with uh, one of the easiest ones to uh, talk about, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm going to talk about um, two. Well, it's iconic um they could you could argue that beauty and the beast is a tale as old as time because that's what they say in the song but i would argue that these two have been together since the be- have been together since the beginning everyone's favorite plumber and and of course his um bright pink loving princess peach who is, depending on the material, Princess Toadstool. Um, it always confused me when I was younger. 
Mm. Yeah, it depends on who you, on which you, uh, what you like. Um, I'm fully aware of the amount of people who have read the fanfics on the internet and said that she's actually got a thing for Bowser instead. I'm like, no, just fuck off, sort of thing. What's the point of fanfiction, my friends? You can write whatever you want, but it doesn't make it true. Exactly, exactly. Um, as far as I can remember, in all the Mario games that have been played, I did look this up. Um, he's only got as much as a kiss on his cheek or on top of his forehead. For all of the time he saved her fucking life. Hey, maybe she likes to take it slowly. Slowly? My God! People complaining about me, Chris Cordy, for three months. They haven't got. Did she, he hasn't even got to first base. Right, then I'll make the joke. Maybe she's waiting until marriage, Matthew. Did you ever consider that? She's married Bowser before in a game, or was, or Bowser tried to marry her at some point. He's never even. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like forced marriage is a bit. <laughs> well, this is also quite true. Um. He drops, he drops everything on a regular basis to save her life. Now, I will say, we are probably not ever going to see how Peach truly feels for Mario unless we're behind those bedroom doors that are closed. I'm fully aware of that. But we, we, can, we can take into account that some of the things they, they spend time together, they play games together. Um, they play sports together. You know, she's baked for him on more than one occasion. And in her own video game, she had to say Mario. The relationship is more than what we have been shown. That is what I have managed to gather from what we've got here. Deep down, we pine for an adventure to save a princess or to be rescued by a short, sweet, slightly overweight plumber, don't we? Very wholesome. I was going to say something less wholesome then, I don't want to ruin it. No, you can go ahead, I want the joke. Mario, devoted boyfriend or complete simp, you decide. Let's go! Oh, that, that, Mar- that, Mario fi- that Mario film comes out today as well as it drops as well, so it comes out April 5th. So that's, uh, that's um, something to watch this weekend then, guys. Go check it out, for sure. So yeah, Mario and Princess Peach is my first pick. I like it. It's a good pick. What you got, yes? Okie doke. For number three, I have. I'm going back to a game Alex and I have both talked about quite a few times because it's a game. Uh, I believe Alex picked up because a friend had it, and then I spent weeks trying to get my own copy. And it paid off. Dragon Quest IX. Okay. There's a town in there called Stormway. And they are being terrorised by a knight on a horseback. But the thing is, this knight is a lonely soul. And he's just looking for his long-lost love, Princess Mona. And the whole story is really sweet. I realise there's probably not enough really here for my therapy. But 
it's a historical themed romance and it's bittersweet and I'm a sucker for these things so you know one of the storylines is the he kidnaps the current princess Princess Simona because they all have really similar names in the families in these games I've noticed thinking that she's his long lost Princess Mona because she has the necklace which I believe is a family heirloom and then at the end, towards the end of the quest, when he's realised that Mona's not there, so Mona isn't Mona, and he's just really kind of upset about the whole thing, Princess Simona comes in to dance with him, pretending to be like long-lost Mona so his soul can go on to the next life, so he can stop terrorising the town and go and find Mona. I realise I'm not telling it that well, but it really is sweet. He realises she's not Mona, but he's still grateful because it still helps send his soul on to the next life. I think I may be telling this out of order. Nothing good. It's very sweet and I know if I played it again now I'd be like, probably tears. I'm a sucker for these things. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say for this one. Well, that is that is fine. I'm going to take you to a game we've covered multiple times on this show. I'm going to take you to Halo. I'm not talking about Master Chief and his um, high and his. Um, I'm relatively sure unwashed. Uh, battle armor that he wears. Um, I want to talk about Master Chief and Cortana. Cortana, of course, being an AI, of course. Um, we, um, we obviously, most people out there have played a Halo game of some description, even if it's just for a few moments, or at least have seen a trailer for a video for one of the video games at some point. Also, with the um, Halo series now out there on Paramount Plus, it makes it easier for you to actually get into the Halo universe now. Um, Cortana is a AI who formed a genuine bond with John, aka Master Chief. Um, and over the course of all the Halo games, they had a live or die trust, which, which you know, that can define the strongest relationships. Um, I, I know a lot of people throw these sort of things around willy nilly, but for my friends, I'd die for them. You know, for the people I love and care about, I would do that because you know it's, it's important, sort of thing. Um, but the exchanges get increasingly flirty uh, up to Halo 4 when Cortana starts developing well basically she starts going insane because um, her program was never meant to last this long sort of thing so it starts degrading basically um, in the game's final scenes Cortana sacrifices herself to save the Master Chief. Um, but she also projects a physical version of herself so they can actually touch 
for the first and only time in the game. This is a wonderful example of a relationship between stoic soldier and sweet support class. That is a cliche one in video games, but this take on it really made me... Even though she was insane at this point, she probably could have destroyed the universe with Halo. She, uh... We all, we, all, we all felt a little sad when Cortana died. Or did she? Spoiler. I mean, I've never played this game, but... Ow, my feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, fancy. Well, if you want to at any point, Kerry, the, uh, the first five games available on the Game Pass. This is true. They are. Would recommend it. And we have a long weekend coming up. So I would I would recommend quite highly. But yes, it's Easter on both sides of the Atlantic. It's spring break if you're in America, or here it's Easter break. Um, get on Game Pass and get playing some Halo, guys, because the story is great. It's amazing. It's amazing that um, Halo all came about as well because they all because the people who were designing it was basically a strategy game. They called it Halo Wars, eventually. They did a version of it. It wasn't great. Um, and that was the version I meant to come out originally on on the Apple Mac. That was originally meant to be the case before Xbox bought Bungie. And basically, because the guys designing the game wanted to actually drive the cars themselves, we actually got the game we now know and love. Uh, wait, till you, wait till they find out that you can actually make driving games had a dream and they fulfilled it absolutely and uh gotta admire that hustle absolutely absolutely so miss kerry your next one please okay this is from yet again another game we've talked about it length although i wasn't actually there for the original review and this is another one of oh no kerry's basic bitch picks again because I'm a sucker of every time this comes up. It's the it's 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 the wedding event with recent Cyrus and Animal Crossing. I have decorated my like Animal Crossing house with so many of those flower things. But yes, flowers everywhere. Okay, because you were laughing through it, do you want to calmly tell everyone again what your pick was? Oh no, because I'm embarrassed with my basic bitch. Picks. But with the I'm wedding embarrassed laugh. The wedding of Grace and Cyrus and Animal Crossing. This, this, this is on New Horizons, of course. Yes. yes. I genuinely forgot for a moment that New Horizons wasn't the only game. Sorry, New Leaf and Wild World and City Folk and all the others. <laughs> uh, this, of course, they added this content, I believe. Um, in an update, not um, I'd say maybe maybe three months, four months after the game first dropped in 2020. Um, yeah. They where they basically made put on Harv's Island, which then just sat empty pretty much. We went, everyone went there and then never went back. I'm glad they've done more with Harv's Island now. Yeah. Like 
I, it's it's been out long enough. It's no longer a spoiler. You can get like the whole artesian community on there. It's fantastic, and I it, love it. It's a commune. Is what it is. It's a commune. Fuck <laughs> a bed. Everyone's there, and this is night time, which is all in bed. So and occasionally they bang tambourine stuff. So yeah, I guess. Okay. It's an event that has no real effect on the game whatsoever, except you can get cute wedding-y furniture, which I've actually used to build a church on my island. Because I decided my island needed a church. You don't need Jesus sometimes. But no, if you've played New Leaf, which is I believe the game they first appeared in, there's these two alpacas, one pink, one blue, called Reese and Cyrus. In New Leaf, they could, if I am remembering correctly, because it's been so long since I played this game, they could, like, upcycle your furniture to customise it, and you could, there was a little bit inside the shop where you could put your furniture for sale, and your villagers could come and buy it. And obviously you pocket the profits. Which was slower, but I honestly think, to my memory, it was a better way of making money than selling it to that evil, evil capitalistic raccoon. <laughs> the event in this one, it's very simple. You're helping them organise a wedding photo shoot, where they give you a theme and a lot of props, like a lot of props. And you basically just have to make nice wedding photos for them. It's very simple and it's very wholesome. But you also get given these little heart crystal-y things which you can exchange for the wedding furniture. There we go, my church has pews in it now. Pew pew! Sorry. It is as basic as it sounds. You go through like a set number of themes and then it resets, for lack of a better term. And I do remember a lot of people complaining that it was bad because it's it's just that there's nothing else to it and honestly Reese and Cyrus are kind of sickeningly cutesy at points I like it they're just like this husband and wife team they're doing cool things with furniture and Reese is so overly affectionate it makes me feel a bit nauseous at points It, it, I realise that's probably yeah. a bit of a lacklustre pick for my second, but I like it. I'm a sucker for it. You can you can dress people up and put them in the wedding photos. That's always good. Trapping my favourite as someone who's going to be literally being pushed here, there and everywhere in wedding photos probably about now as this is being dropped. Um, so, yay. Um, may take a lot of work to get done, sort of thing. So, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm on board with it. Very nice and wholesome and cutesy. My last pick is not anywhere near as cutesy. Okay. But it is probably the, the, my favourite love story in a video game. I have mentioned this before in video game on this on this show. Um, I think it may I forgot which one it was, but it was on one of our top three before. I want to talk about Gears of War, a great series which is Xbox exclusive. Um, it's a love story which made me cry and still does so because they actually used 
for the end part of it all, they actually got the rights to a song, Mad World. Wow. It's the story of Dom and Maria. Dominic Santiago, who is the um, AI companion in the game, as in the AI controls him for you, or if you're playing two-player, player two. Um, he, uh, to set a bit of the story here, on emergence day, when um, when the, uh, the locust emerged from the depths of the planet and started killing people left, right and centre, um, he lost both his children. Yeah, rough. And after they died, um, his, Dominic's wife, Maria, uh, sank into a deep depression. Completely understandable. You ask me? You just seen your child, your children killed by by that sort of thing? Of course they were going to. Nothing seemed to help her feel better. And one day she went out for a walk and never came back. Dom was utterly heartbroken, obviously. Um, and at many points during the first two games, he can be seen looking at the photo he keeps of the two of them in his wallet. Um, Marcus, who is Marcus Phoenix, who is the, the player one uh, throughout the game, uh, exchanges um, banter with Dom. Um, it's also a big key in telling the story behind Dom and Maria. Um, when he's not fighting the Locust Horde with Marcus, he's tired, he is literally spending every waking moment trying to track down Maria. Um, he, he, he was determined to push through evil to find his love. Now, this game has been out for a while now, so if I don't ask potentially some spoilers here, um, it's been out for long enough, guys, deal with it, okay? Again, on the game pass, okay? Spoilers for this, okay? I'm gonna say so. When he does find her at the towards the end of, of Gears of War 2, she has been through hell. Literally. She was captured by the locusts, tortured. Um basically she was being drained of all her fluids and experimented on and partly lobotomized. She was in such a bad way, she didn't even recognize him. That is heartbreaking enough. But then, Dom is so completely devastated, he does the, he decides the unthinkable. He basically decides that Maria that he knew wouldn't want to live like that. He tells her that he loves her and then puts her out of her misery. Just thinking about that makes me have a little tear in my eye. No one wants that ending. Nobody wants that ending. But we all want the strong love that that man had for that woman. In the third game, Dom's grown his beard out. 
we're talking maybe six months, eight months later at this point it is for Matt. There's a whole horde of locusts that have broken through and are threatening to kill the last remaining humans. Dom's in this truck, lack of a better term. And Mad World starts playing in the background. And Dom literally had got. Well, do you think he could do this and jump out of the cab? But his opinion is drive it straight towards the refueling refinery and detonate the refinery to kill the locust. And he does that. And last thing he does, last thing he says is he literally is going at full pelt with Marcus screaming, Dom, no. And that mad world playing, just like, dun, 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 dun. As he's raising the water finally, he literally said, like, I believe he said, I'll see you soon, Maria. Damn, I'm, I'm gonna fucking cry. I've never played this game. I want, and I know, the man I'm marrying today has that much love for me. I know I have that. And I wish that for everybody out there listening. I wish that for everyone listening. Because you all deserve it. We all deserve that sort of love. And yeah, this this hits. This game hit hard. This game hit hit me hard. But it's a great game. It really, really is. And would recommend everyone get out there and plays it. Yeah. I can guarantee you now that if I played that, I would be ugly sobbing. Like, broken. Maybe I should play it. Maybe I should make Alex play it and then, make, and then get him to comment after it. <sighs> right. Uh, wait, uh, look in the chat and see, like, release your bastard or something <laughs> like that in there. In would, all capitals. Mm, would you like to give us your last pick, Kerry? Well, I'm not really sure it can top that at all, no. Not meant again, to top it. It's not a competition at all, no. My my top pick for somebody who romance is their favourite genre is honestly quite weak. You may be surprised to notice that Greedfall is not in my list at all. And that's because whilst it what? is one of... Yes, I know. I know. I'm very surprised, but pleasantly surprised. It's one of my favourite games. I adore that game, and I honestly wish I could go back and play it for the first time again without having read fucking spoiler for the end. I got spoiled, like, when I was about an hour away from the end. And I'm still mad about it. That's rough. It's because the romance in that game is very, very underdeveloped. It it's slow burn. Like it takes a while to build with your, I guess, chosen sweetheart. 
And then it's basically, y'all smash, and then you can tell them that you love them, or that, haha, I was just messing with you, bud, I just wanted to smash. Which I've never picked that option because I'm not a bitch. Not that much of a bitch. Yeah, I saw that smile then. So, if it's not greedful, you may be asked, wondering what it is. And that's because I don't really have a top pick. It's more of... For me, it's any game where you can make that storyline yourself. So that encompasses life simulators, farm sims, anything where you can basically be in control of that aspect of the story. Mm. Because I honestly think the best one is the one you write yourself. And whilst that might seem like a bit of a weak answer, I thought about it. And I was like pushing answers around. I was like, there is no top one for me. Mm. So yeah, for me, it's the one where you can basically customize it to you. That is my top answer. That, Carrie, may actually be the best answer. Because when you're able to craft something, yourself way better than anything, anything you can find in a movie, a video game or, or even a book and, then, and I've we've mentioned some, some, some amazing relationships for one reason or another today um, I think that because and especially with like a lot of video games now you've got so many different options for romance um, yeah. I think my first one I played was Bully back in not 2004 where you could romance the girls or the guys when you were in school like that having like same-sex romance options it's come a long way in the past few years yeah but, you know growing up it's not really that great if you don't really see yourself represented in media like video games this is the thing you see and the fact that it, it was represented in bully i mean they, they, these were literally high school kids i mean like did they, they didn't you know, sort of make out or something like that. they didn't go any further than that because you know that's wrong you know you don't, that shouldn't be displayed in any material because you know that should stuff be, be behind closed doors you know always should be but it's nice that there's reputa- better representation coming through in all manners of life um especially and video games seem to finally got the message even like harvest moon's catching up and they've always been very one man one woman because you have to make baby <laughs> That is a lot, that is the storyline and a lot of the end of it. You get married and you have a kid. You can't do that if you're of the same sex. Although I recently played Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town, after stating it, I'm not playing it, they removed the sprite faces. And I played it and I actually quite enjoyed it, so you know, I take all that back. And um, I ended up playing as a guy. Probably because I've always kind of had kind one of like the male marriage options from a long time back is gay, and I finally got to live that. And I'm not really going to go more into that because you know that's a little embarrassing. But basically, my character's poor husband has had to put up with me going, "Honey, I got us a dog," followed by, "Honey, I got us a wolf," and then, "Honey, I got us a kid." Oh no! He questioned where I found the kid, but obviously the player character is mute, so they don't, they don't really have their own voices. Like, where did you get that baby? And I think the general consensus is, hmm, find it. Oh, yeah, I got it, found it. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. 
actuality the sprites gave it to you but as with pretty much every game you are the only one that can see the sprites so if you say the little fairies gave it to me i don't think they really accept that as an answer well i wouldn't so if chris bought him a random baby and said the fairies gave it to him you wouldn't agree i'd, I'd be like sweetie i love you but um, no i would i would be most concerned for sure I love, I love that man, but he. I also, I also like to hope he wouldn't do that. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a bit more sensible than that. Seems to be. Just the idea of having oh, Harry, I've got us a baby. He's marrying me, though, so who knows? I think it's sweet. I'm also at this wedding. Hi, I'm a guest. I'm eating lots of food. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm dancing. I'm probably drunk by this point because I'm the biggest lightweight I know. And if you're not, I certainly am. Really? Yeah. I'll be. I'll be drunk for sure. I know Alex is a heavyweight when it comes to drinking. Although I have picked Alex up from a party after too many drinks, but you know that's a story for another time. Absolutely, it is. Um. Yeah, so thank you everybody for listening um, to me and Kerry doing our, our best and our worst in relationships. Um, we will be back in our normal slot a week on Saturday. Um, but before we go, Kerry, anything about D&J you want to talk about? I'm not going to go too into it, but you should keep listening to it. Because you never know, it might relate to today's topic sooner or later. Okay. There is. That's all I want as well. I I would I would uh, I would be uh, inclined to agree with you, Kerry. There's some great stuff coming up in D and J on on all of the uh, campaigns. Uh, don't forget to check them all out, and of course, Kate and stuff over Dice and Suffering. Uh, we, as I said, we're back in about just about a week and a half. Um, we will see you guys then. Uh, until then, um, take care, guys. I'm Matt. And Kerry. You are Kerry, yes, indeed. And we are... Thank you. We're out of here. It's not your life. This podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media. As mentioned earlier, if you are or know somebody who is dealing with abuse in a relationship... There are people that you can get in touch with. If you've been affected by what we talked about in today's episode, women can get in touch with Refuge uh, at refuge.org.uk. Uh, if you're a man living in, in a, um abusive relationship, you can get in touch with mensadviceline.org.uk. Um, they'll be more than happy to take your call and to give you advice and to help you get out of these difficult relationships. And of course, if you are in immediate danger, call 999 in the UK or 911 in the USA. And of course, we are Game Junkies, wish you nothing but love.